It's about you, your health, your family, and your community. This is Sunday Morning Magazine with your host, Rodney Lear. And good morning. Hope you're having a blessed weekend. Welcome to another edition of Sunday Morning Magazine. As always, for more information on the show, you can always reach out to us on our social media platforms. Rodney Lear on air at Twitter and Instagram. Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Head there now, like us there now, and follow us there as well. And you can also listen to the show anytime you like. Just head to your favorite podcast app. Anywhere you get your podcasts, like Podcast One or Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast, and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. This morning, we talked to women who have made the decision to surrender and give their children up for adoption. We share their stories this morning. We begin this morning with author Mary Lee McDonald. The title of the book is Surrender, a Memoir of Nature, Nurture, and love. It's our pleasure to welcome Mary Lee McDonald to Sunday Morning Magazine. Good morning, Mary Lee. How are you? I'm great. So let's start at the beginning for you, Mary Lee. Did you grow up knowing you were adopted? Do you remember your parents sitting you down and specifically telling you, doing the sit down with you, telling you that you were adopted? Or is this something that you always knew? I remember it vividly. I remember the moment I found out I was adopted. I was quite young and I was told the story that adoptive parents were told to tell their children at the time, which is that they were the chosen child. I learned quite early that I was adopted, and I felt that I was chosen. And so did you grow up curious about your birth parents, wanting to know and to reach out to your birth family in some type of way? Not at all. I had no idea because I learned I was adopted when I was maybe three or so, Mm -hmm. and I didn't have any concept of of birth parents. I was told my parents had been uh, had been killed in a car accident, which is also something adoptive parents of my era were told uh, to say. So, did you know? So, you didn't know anything about the circumstances at all that led your birth mother to surrender you at that time, because you were told that story of the car crash. Exactly. Uh, sometimes the other story that can be told is that, oh, your records were destroyed in a fire at the courthouse. And in case you're just tuning in this morning, all morning long, we're talking about adoption. For more information on adoption, all you have to do is go to our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Head there now, like us there now, and join the conversation there as well. And you can follow us there as well. You can reach out to us on Instagram and Twitter at Rodney Lear on air, or you can listen to the show anytime you like. Head to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine. This morning, we're speaking to Mary Lee McDonald. The title of the book is Surrender. Now, let's talk about this. Now, ironically, as an adopted child yourself, you too became pregnant and surrendered your own child to adoption. Explain why you came to that decision. I don't think it was exactly a decision. I think it was more like stepping on the moving walkway at an airport and being guided in one direction with no no possibility of getting off. It wasn't presented to me as a decision. It was presented to me as a fait accompli, like this is something that's going to happen This is the only thing that can save our family from shame. And I felt very obligated to my adoptive mother and that I owed her. I owed her from being rescued from the scrap heap of orphandom. 
I think many adoptive children feel a sense of obligation toward their adoptive parents. That was certainly my case. And I felt protective of her, and I didn't want to hurt her. Okay. And so to protect her, I surrendered my child. And, and there were no other alternatives. There was nothing like, oh, you could keep the child or uh, put the child in foster care. And none of that was presented to me. Okay. And so let's paint a picture for our listeners. So this was in 1961, and you were a sophomore in high school at the time. Is that right? That's true. However, I was not what you might think of stereotypically as the the girl who was running around. I mean, I was a very good Catholic girl. I was an honor student. Uh, the father of the child was an honor student at a Catholic school. And I was deeply, deeply religious. And so let's talk about how the times, you talked a lot about the times that you were in in 1961. Let's talk about more about the pressure, the sense of pressure, and that it was very uncommon for unwed women to have children or to raise a family and things like that. And just the times in general in 1961. Yes. In 1961, birth control for women had not been invented. For boys who might want to use a condom, the pharmacist wouldn't sell him condoms because he was under the age of 18. So birth control, if you were going to be sexually active, birth control was not going to be a factor for teenagers. Uh, Roe versus Wade had not been passed. Abortions were illegal. Planned Parenthood was only in its infancy. It was only in New York State at that time. So there was really no way to get birth control information. Okay. So I understand that you were sent away to have your child. Tell me about this because you were sent away to a place. It wasn't to Cousin Junie's in Illinois or anything like that. You were sent away to a place to have your child. Tell me about this. Yes. So here I am an adoptee and I'm not really at that point totally sure what is going to transpire, but I was after a family meeting, which both families got together and the question of paternity suits came up. I was sent off in order to avoid problems for both families. I was sent off to Phoenix, Arizona to a home for unwed mothers And at that time, there were homes for unwed mothers called Florence Crittenden Homes. And women basically were hidden out and waited for their babies to be born, at which point the maternity home would facilitate, would work with social services agencies such as Catholic Social Services, Lutheran Family Social Services, or private lawyers to find adoptive parents for that baby. Wow. So what was this place like when you entered this place as a 15, 16-year-old sophomore and you're sent away to this place? What were you going through? What were your emotions like? Because that seems like it had to be very scary. Initially, it was very scary. It was obviously unfamiliar. I didn't know that institutions like this existed. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know that other women. I had never seen a pregnant woman. Um, My mother was older when she adopted me, and I had never even seen women wearing maternity clothes. 
because her friends were in their 40s. Uh, so when I went to the maternity home, which was in Phoenix, the Florence Crittenden home in, in Phoenix, there were 50 girls living there. When I was the youngest at the time. I was 15 and a half. Um, I had just gotten my learner's permit. And uh, so I felt really grown up. I was driving, you know. And there were women as old as 40, women who had other children and who had gotten pregnant by someone other than their husband. And so they were there to hide. And everyone was, uh, it was a very regimented life, but in some ways uh, a very good life because, for me, because I felt that I was with other women who were in the exact same situation. We could talk about our pregnancies, how our bodies felt. Uh, there was a lot of laughter. That was a safe place. We were not allowed to leave the compound except for two hours, one day a week. So if we wanted exercise, we walked in a circle around the building that we developed. Okay. And uh, a very, very few of those young women kept their babies and again, in case you're just tuning in this morning, we're talking about adoption. We're on the phone this morning with Mary Lee McDonald. The title of her book is Surrender. She's here this morning to share her adoption story. Let me ask you this now. You touched on this, but let's talk about the young man um, that got you pregnant. Let's talk about that. So when it came, what did they have to say? What was his? Did he have any say in terms of you being sent away? And was his family consulted? And what was that like? his name was John, was the oldest of eight children in a Catholic family. So that was a family that already had a lot of stress financially from just needing to support these children and send them to Catholic school. He had absolutely no way to support me because he was intending to go to West Point, go to college for sure but not drop out of school and get a job. And his father forbade him from getting married. One of the other very unique components about your story is that we talked about the man that got you pregnant, but you actually married this man, right? I did, and I had four more children with him. That's a very unique component. So how did you, how did you guys work through that? Because... It was still something from your past, something that how did you move forward with that after you decided, well, after you surrendered your child? And I'm sure he had emotions about it, you know, and you had emotions about it. You guys went on to get married. You have four other children. What was that like for you guys? I mean, were you always thinking of this other child? I was and he was trying not to. So the other child was the elephant in the room, so to speak. And it was painful to have that elephant uh, standing between us. And the man I married was just a wonderful person in many, many, many ways. But it was so painful for him. He could, he could not talk about it. He saw me when I was just about to give birth. So he had felt my stomach. He had felt the baby moving. 
but the baby was was not as I think as real to him as it was to me. Of course, I had been living with that baby for nine months. We were attuned to one another. You know, I felt his sleep wake cycle. I felt him kicking. He was an intimate part of my body. It was it was as if I had another organ, and then all of a sudden that organ was gone. It was as if a kidney had been taken from me or my liver had been taken from me, some internal organ that was intrinsically part of me. And, of course, a man just doesn't have that experience of physicality with a baby the way a woman does. So you guys went on to have four other children. Is that something that you talk to your children about, or is that was that part of a family secret? It wasn't a family secret. It was a secret. Actually, it was a world secret. It was a secret from everybody. I rarely talked about my surrendered son until uh, I got up the courage. I was living in Germany, and... My son would have been 10 years old at the time, and I saw his younger siblings, saw my boys developing and realized, you know, even though I was never supposed to talk about this again, this is what women were typically advised, forget about it. Don't talk about it. Just put it out of your mind and go on with your life. But I I could not do that. I just am not wired that way. And I'm sure um, many women never did. Many women never did. Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, many women never, never talked about it. And if they told, in some cases, they didn't even tell their husbands. So in my case, I attempted to talk to my husband about this when we were in Germany, where he, he was a scientist. And he said, I don't want to hear about it. You said you were told to forget about it. Just forget about it. But I wrote to the adoption agency who had handled my son's adoption, and I got some non-identifying information. The, the fact that I was adopted, that my husband and I were both Stanford graduates, that he had a Ph.D., that probably, you know, buffed up our resume <laughs> to the point that uh, – that the agency was willing to disclose some non-identifying information, that, yes, he had been adopted. He was alive. I didn't know that. You know, we were not allowed to have any contact with the family. Um, we weren't, I didn't know that he had even been adopted, and I feared that he had been somehow died. Um, so anyway, when I got that letter, that was... That was a big relief, and I told my daughter, who was the next in line, I told her that if anything ever happens to you, Dad, or me, I want you to know you have a brother out there, and he's a little bit older than you, but he's your full brother, same same mom and dad. Mm -hmm. So she, of course, immediately went and told her little brothers. So my kids had always known. And again, in case you're just tuning in this morning, all morning long, we're talking about adoption. On the phone with me this morning is Mary Lee McDonald. She is the author of the book, Surrender. She's there this morning to share her story about being an adopted child herself and surrendering her own child for adoption as a teen. She's here this morning to share her story. Now, Mary Lee, let's talk about the book. And first of all, tell us about the title, Surrender, why you chose the title of the book. 
surrender? Oh, surrender. Because giving a child up for adoption is called surrendering your child. But I think on a deeper level, it was from my perspective as a woman who had a child out of wedlock, it was a surrender to the inevitable. The inevitable was that I had no means of supporting a child. I was still a child myself. Even though I got married two years later and my husband and I, uh, at that point, we were just enough older that we could support a child by scrimping and saving and doing everything we could to complete our educations and, and eke out a living. So surrendering to the inevitable. I think what I wanted to explore in this book was how adoption played a role in my decision to surrender, my own adoption. And I think as I wrote the book, I discovered that there was a deeper level of pain beneath just the surrender of my child. And that had to do with my feelings as an adoptee of having been abandoned and drop kicked into the universe. That level of pain of abandonment has always been a profound theme in my life. And it is what I think lay behind my attraction to the man I married, um, to the father of my children, because I felt connected to him. I felt sexually connected to him, intellectually connected. Obviously, once we had children, I felt um, biologically connected. I, I have a great, deep, and unvoiced need to connect it's ironic that the people I feel most connected to of all are my children. I did not feel that way with my adoptive parents. I felt obligated to them. I felt that there were a lot of shoulds involved. You know, I should be a good girl. I should strive to get all A's. Uh, I shouldn't make waves. I should try to fit into the family. With my kids, I just I am who I am. They are who they are. And there's just a lot of love going back and forth. And again, in case you're just tuning in this morning, we're speaking to Mary Lee McDonald. The title of the book is Surrender. She said this morning to share her adoption story. She was adopted and she too went on to surrender her child, her oldest child um, for adoption to adoption. And she's sharing her story in her new book, Surrender. So tell us how you approach this very personal story. We've been talking this morning, and I know this is very emotional, very personal to you. But in the pages of a book, how did you approach this when you were putting this book together? Well, I've been writing for a long time, and uh, I actually teach writing. And so I said, well, what are the what are the turning points? What are the plot points? And uh, I had my old diaries and journals that I could rely on. I had letters from my adoptive mother where she was talking about everything except what was happening to me. She was painting a very rosy picture of, uh, of her life that left out the fact that I was pregnant and having a child, which was just shockingly a disappointment to her because it's not anything she ever would have wanted for me nor envisioned would happen to her. So as I put the book together, I started with an immediate problem, which was the father of my children was killed in a car accident. 
seven years after I married him, and I was pregnant with our fifth child at the time. So I was a widow, single mom of all those kids, four kids, for many years. And then I met another guy whom I married, to whom I'm still married. And he had a job offer in Arizona and wanted me to move. And that was the precipitating event that brought all of this up from the past that I, he wanted me to move to the place where I had had a super traumatic experience. Uh, just the light in Phoenix is the quality to the light that is anxiety producing for me. It's as if a Vietnam vet goes back to Vietnam and the smells, the humidity level, the bugs. Phoenix has a number of triggers. And so that was a precipitating event. Another precipitating event that caused me to actually write this book was that my son, uh, with whom I am reunited, my oldest son, came to visit in Phoenix and asked me to tell him my story. Uh, he said, you know, now that we're sitting in Phoenix, what happened? What, what, what actually happened? You know, we're here, we are reunited in Phoenix for the first time ever. So I want to know what happened. And I'm much more verbal on paper than I am in person. And anyway, you can't encapsulate a whole experience just sitting at a Starbucks uh, telling telling your kid, well, look, this is what happened. Something uh, so know, personal, yeah. So I realized at that point I had to put this in the pages of the book. And so what is your relationship like with your adopted son now, the son you, you surrendered? It's really great. He has an adoptive family, of course. Nevertheless, at this point, I have known him for many more years than I have not known him. We have a great relationship. So what was it like when you finally had the chance? Take us back to the first time you actually got to meet the son that you surrendered. What was that like? Well, I, I found him when he was 21, and I called him. He was excited to hear from me. He sent me pictures. We exchanged letters, and then he showed up in Champaign-Urbana, and so when I saw him at the airport, it was as if his father had been reincarnated. Mm. My jaw started shaking. My whole body began shaking. He was familiar to me in every single way. His, the way he walked, the way he cracked his knuckles, the hair on the back of his hands, his nose, his the color of his eyes, his mannerisms, uh, his handwriting is even identical to his father's. So it was super emotional. And, um, you know, we traded family stories. All the kids were there for Christmas. They were all excited to meet their brother. They ended up like puppies wrestling on the living room floor. <laughs> it, it was just, it was fabulous. All right. Well, we're out of time this morning. If our listeners would like to find out more about you and your fascinating story, Mary Lee, how can they find out more? www.maryleemcdonald.com. Well, if they want to learn about this book, they can go to Amazon and uh, type in the word surrender or Mary Lee MacDonald. That's M-A-C capital D-O-N-A-L-D.
All right. Well, thank you so much, Mary Lee, for taking time to talk to us. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much, Rodney. Great to be here. We've been speaking to author Mary Lee McDonald. Again, the title of the book is Surrender, a memoir of nature, nurture, and love. Again, all morning long, we're talking to women who have made the decision to surrender, to give their child up for adoption. For more information on our guests, all you have to do is reach out to us on social media. Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Head there now. Like us there now. Rodney Lear on air at Instagram and Twitter. Or you can listen to the show anytime you like. Just head to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear.